Hey there, friend. Listen, I want to invite you to join me for an upcoming presentation I'm offering called How to Shift from Willpower to Want Power. If you're tired of feeling like you have the best of intentions with food and weight, only to have it all fall by the wayside by the time your head hits the pillow at night, then this is for you. If you're interested in making permanent weight loss easier and less of a struggle, then this is for you. If you're curious what want power is, which you probably should be, and can't wait to learn how to incorporate it into your journey toward peace and freedom around food, then this is for you. I'll be presenting live twice on Wednesday, May 1st, 2024, at both noon and 7.30 p.m. Central Time Zone. I'll answer your questions live and we'll have a really good time together. But if you can't make either of those days, I'm not going to make you get a replay emailed into your inbox only for it to get lost and never be watched no matter how deeply you want to make time to go through it. Because I mean, honestly, who are we kidding? (laughs) We've all done this, including me. No, instead, we are offering multiple watch parties for several days after the live presentation. So come watch the replay with other doctors and interact in the chat with them and my team. So either way, whether you come live or to a watch party, it will be worth your time for sure. All you have to do is register at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash want power. That's katrinaubellmd.com forward slash w-a-n-t-p-o-w-e-r. See you there. You are listening to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast with Katrina Ubel, MD, episode number 92. Welcome to Weight Loss for Busy Physicians, the podcast where busy doctors like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the weight so you can feel better and have the life you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating and exhaustion and move into freedom around food, you're in the right place. Hey there, my friend. Welcome back to the podcast. So excited to talk to you today. I know I say that every time, but really I am. (laughs) I really am today. I am really hoping that today's podcast does not have a little interruption by a puppy. We got two puppies. I have one laying next to me in her crate sleeping. And this is a whole story in and of itself. We ended up with two. (laughs) One is not in our house right now because he is spending two weeks with a I call her the dog psychologist. She's really not a dog psychologist, but she's like a specialist dog behaviorist kind of person. And she'll take the puppy for two weeks and board them and train them all up nicely for you and then give them back. And I think that's some of the best money you can spend, (laughs) in my opinion, especially because she's super duper struggling with him on house training. He's really smart. He's picking everything else up, but he is being a little pissed all about that. And the little girl that we have with us right now, because she only takes one at a time, she's not so great either, to be honest. She's okay. She's doing better. But man, oh man, Westies, I tell you, they are stubborn. I think that's really what it comes down to. They're just like, don't tell me where to pee and poop. I'll figure it out myself. So anyway, she's sleeping next to me. The little girl we named Sunny because her coat, Westies are white. They're like the Caesar dog food commercial dogs. And so she has a little bit of a yellowish tinge to her fur. And so we named her Sunny, like the sun. And then the little boy, his name is August and we call him Augie and they're super cute. And seriously, the girl, she has like a different kind of a coat, like a kind of less typical coat. She's extremely fluffy 
She looks like a cartoon character. <laughs> so fluffy. It's like, good thing they're cute. Cause otherwise you'd be like, ah, why are we doing this? But things are getting better. And then once Augie comes back after two weeks, then Sunny will go for two weeks. So we've only got one puppy total for a month while they do their little training. And then they'll be a little older and hopefully their bladder capacity will be a little <laughs> bigger too. Uh, I seriously talk about self-coaching. I've seriously had to coach myself every day on my thoughts about having them. It's kind of like having sort of like half of a baby and half of a toddler at the same time and then having two of them. So it's pretty fun. I mean, I'm not going to dramatize it and make it like, oh my God, it's so hard. But it's, it's you know, having a puppy. <laughs> it's more work. Let's just say that. But they bring us so much joy. My middle guy, for sure, he's just loving them so much. The other kids too, but this one, really, he just loves these dogs. So it's so fun to have that and have that joy back in our lives. And I just keep thinking like, it won't be long. They'll be able to just take a nap and on a bed and they won't have to be in a crate anymore. And I can trust them to not pee in the house and all of that. So luckily we have hardwood floors. It makes it a lot easier. Okay. So today I'm going to do a Q&A call for you, Q&A podcast. And the reason why is because I hadn't done one in ages. I went back and looked at my list. I've got so many questions. So I think I'm going to do a couple of these a little bit more back to back to just get to some of your questions because I love doing these podcasts. I think they're so helpful for you guys. I love answering your questions. So for sure, if you have questions, either go to the show notes page for this podcast episode, which you'll find at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash 92, like the number 92, or you can just email hello at katrinaubellmd.com and tell us what your question is. So I will then get back to you on a future podcast answering your question. So this one is such a great question. I think so many of you will relate to this. And it goes, I'm writing because the thought model has gotten me through a lot of obstacles. But recently, I've had a larger one. I was passed over for a leadership position for someone junior to me who has only been here for six months. I've been here for nine years. When I was doing at least half of this leadership job for the past four years, this happened about two days ago, and I have been sad and depressed, which has led to overeating again. I've been eating on plan, but have had a hard time stopping. I have done a thought download and wrote out my model to think thoughts of, this is a new opportunity. I just can't convince myself. Any advice on how to get your thoughts to change when it's so personal and career changing? My plan is to keep modeling until my thoughts do change. This is such a great Great question. And this is what I want you to point out. And those of you who have worked with me in the past as my clients, I hope you can even pay attention and go like, what's going on there? What is she going to say? You should start thinking like, okay, what's the issue here? So the real issue here is that the writer does not see the neutrality of the circumstance. The circumstance, the neutral facts here are that XYZ person was hired for a leadership job, right? The writer didn't get the leadership job. This other person did. The other person has been there for six months. The writer has been there for nine years, right? Like very neutral. But when this person is looking at the facts, which is that person was hired for this job, it doesn't feel neutral to them. It actually hurts. So remember the facts never hurt. 
I'm like, I'm looking at a chair. There is a chair that does not hurt, <laughs> right? <laughs> the sky is blue. No, there's just no emotional connection to that, right? So you can tell the pain in this person's tone of writing when they're writing this about how deeply unfair this seems to them. And so when you put so-and-so was hired for the job on the C-line and you don't see it as neutral, then you're trying to have positive thoughts about a negative circumstance. And that's why a new thought of this is a new opportunity doesn't really have a lot of traction, right? They wrote, I just can't convince myself, right? Because deep down, you don't think it's a new opportunity. You think you've been slighted. So what we need to do is spend more time finding the neutrality of the circumstance and working on realizing what the true facts are, what the thoughts are, that this person getting the job is not a problem. It's your thoughts about it that make it a problem. So this person is writing saying, I mean, you can tell, right? Like for the last four years, I've been doing at least half of this leadership job. I've been here much longer. They've been here much less time than I have. And so the undercurrent there is I deserve to be given this leadership job. This person shouldn't have gotten it. There was some mistake here. I've been slighted. I mean, any number of different things. And so what the writer needs to do is spend time figuring out what those thoughts are. What are they making this neutral fact mean about them, about their job, about the hierarchy, the people who hire, all of that stuff? What are they making all of that mean? Because that's what's going to help them to see what the thoughts are like what their thoughts are that create so much of that pain, create so much of that sadness and depression that they're writing about. And then it's so interesting, right? Because they write, I've been sad and depressed, which has led to overeating again. So even while you're working on finding the neutrality, even while it's still really hurting, it's interesting how this person writes, I have been sad and depressed. Those are the feelings on the F line of the model. And that has driven the actions, right? That has led to overeating again, the action of overeating, having a hard time stopping eating. And that's interesting, right? Because that's their old pattern, I'm sure, right? When I feel these negative emotions, when I'm feeling sad and depressed, I overeat to feel better. And honestly, it makes so much sense for a lot of us who use food, like food is our kind of way of choice of buffering our negative emotions. When you're really feeling those intensely negative, uncomfortable emotions, then we want them to be dulled. We want them to go away. And in this case, this person's not eating off plan. They just want more food. And what more food does is it can sort of fill up the emptiness that we feel inside, like an emotional emptiness, but then the weight of the food helps to dull that. Or it just dampens, the food dampens the intensity of the emotions. Also, when you're overeating, you're thinking about something else, which helps you to feel less sad and depressed, right? And and if you're eating a bunch of sugar and flour, maybe you're getting a dopamine hit from that as well. Now, in this case, this person isn't doing that, which I think is great. But it's really interesting how they're really just wanting comfort from excess food. And so if you can recognize, okay, I'm feeling sad and depressed. I know I have work to do on my thinking. My brain is suggesting that I eat food as a solution. That's what I'm wanting to do is eat. 
that doesn't mean I have to do that. This is such a great opportunity for me to learn to process my emotions and not eat them to avoid them, not eat food to make them go away or dampen them. And so the way to do that is to practice feeling sad and depressed. What I like to do is go out of my head and into my body. So when something like this is going on, we have lots and lots of thoughts, lots and lots of chatter in our brain. And we sort of need to just leave that place (laughs) above our shoulders and go down into our bodies and go, okay, what does this actually feel like? Because I would venture to guess that this person doesn't even really know what sad and depressed feel like that much because right away they're going to overeating to make it better and different. So really learning like, what does sad feel like? Where is it in my body? What does it feel like in my body? There's all kinds of work you can do on this. What color is it? Does it feel high or low? Does it feel strong or soft? Does it feel like there's so many different ways of describing it? And then if it's in multiple places, spend some time in one place getting to know it, then go to the next place getting to know it and allow yourself to feel it. And same with the depression feeling, what that feels like in your body and just practice being with the sadness and depression, not wanting to chase it away very quickly, not being scared of it, not thinking I can't handle this. It needs to go away right away. Instead, just thinking, okay, I'm going to get really good, really skilled at feeling sad and depressed. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but I've done this. I've done it with rejection. I've done it with a lot of really intensely not good feeling feelings, grief. I'm telling you, it's a game changer. It changes everything for you because you're no longer afraid to feel these emotions. You're no longer thinking that it's intolerable to feel them or that you need like the escape route, i.e. food or alcohol for some of you, right? You're just going, okay, I'm all in. I know I can feel this. And the more you're all in and willing to feel it, then you recognize, you know, when I actually let it be there and just process it, it actually goes away pretty quickly. But when I just eat to avoid it, it's still there waiting for me. And then I'm still sad and depressed and then I'm eating more. And then why am I having a hard time stopping? And I'm doing this every single day, right? Because you're not processing that emotion. So when you learn to sit with it and just let it be there and not resist it, not think it should be different, just accept it. Today's a day where I feel sad and depressed about this. And I know I'm creating it with my thoughts, but right now I'm not able to change those. So I'm just going to sit with sadness and depression. I'm going to go about my day with sadness and depression. You start learning like, okay, this isn't really that big of a deal. Like I can feel this. I'm totally fine. Nothing's going wrong. I can go about my day and still feel this. And your body just lets it be there and then lets it pass as well. When you resist it, it stays right? It won't actually be processed and go away. So there's that twofold opportunity here. The one opportunity is to really understand and explore the neutrality of the circumstance and really recognizing all of the thoughts that something has gone wrong when nothing has gone wrong. This person was never going to get that job. Everything's going perfectly right. Like, you know, and so this is a new opportunity might be a great thought for them once they can get to that neutrality of realizing like, oh, see, I was never supposed to get that job. Nothing has gone wrong here. That person was always going to get the job. I wasn't. It's totally fine. This is a new opportunity for me because that was one of their new thoughts they were trying on. So 
That's the first opportunity. The second opportunity is learning to feel your emotions and not eat them, to try to avoid feeling them. And once you interrupt that model and go, okay, I'm just going to feel this sadness. I'm going to feel this depression. It changes everything for you. I guarantee you, you will feel those emotions for less amount of time, shorter amount of time. And from that place, you're going to be able to better do the self-coaching that you need to do to see the neutrality. So I'm so glad, sender, (laughs) emailer, that you emailed this because this is a game changer. And this goes for any emotion, even including things like over desire and urges. Okay, I know a lot of us are like, no, 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 it doesn't really feel like an emotion. It's just an urge. But the urge comes from thoughts of over desire. Just like, I just want it. It looks good. I want to eat that, right? Like things like that, like going, okay, how about I just feel it? I'm just going to feel it and let it pass through me and let it process. And then you build up your confidence. Like, okay, sadness and depression, game on. It's a day with you again. Cool, that's fine because I can feel you. You're much less scared and avoidant of those feelings when you've really spent time with them and gotten to know them. I always tell my clients like with urges, like I want you to become like best friends with that urge. I just want you to know it inside and out so well. Then once you know it, there's nothing to be afraid of. Yeah, it's just this feeling I get sometimes. And then it goes away when I just allow it to be there and I don't resist it. So that is really your work there. And I think that's really such a great question because it's going to help so many other people who listen to the podcast. So thank you so much. Okay, one more question here today, and then I'm going to do another one of these because these are just so great. When I follow my plan 100%, I consistently lose. Don't you love that? (laughs) So many of my clients are like, I'm just not losing. I'm like, are you following your plan? No. How about you follow it? Okay. And then they do, and then they lose. It's like, ooh, don't you just hate that when your plan works? (laughs) Because I really wanted something to be wrong with the plan, not my ability to follow it. Okay. So when I follow my plan 100%, I consistently lose. But when I have an exception meal, I gain up to five pounds, and it takes me about 10 days to lose them. How can I prepare for exceptions to avoid these huge stalls? This is such an amazing question. So the first thing I would offer to you is when you're having an exception meal, is this like a free for all eating everything under the sun, totally getting overly full, really overindulging kind of an exception meal? Or is it like I think I might like to have a taco shell with my tacos today, (laughs) you know, like just a smaller amount. If you're gaining up to five pounds, it makes me think that you're eating a lot of off-plan food and just a lot of food in general. That's my, my guess because five pounds is a lot. Now, some of it can be related to salt intake or things like that. And sometimes if you're eating very, very low carb and then you eat a bunch of sugar, you're going to have a lot of water gain with that. So sometimes the five pounds isn't really like five pounds, but if it takes you 10 days to lose it, makes me think that, you know, certainly a good chunk of it is not water. So what I would suggest is if you're still consistently working on losing weight, is that you don't have a full exception meal. Because an exception meal means in my world, in my in my viewpoint, that you're having basically whatever you want for the entire meal. So you're having all the flour and sugar you want, all the alcohol you want, whatever, anything you want, bread, whatever, all of it. And for when you're trying to lose, sometimes your body just won't work with you on that in the sense that you will gain five pounds and it's going to take you a week and a half to lose it. So can you do that? Of course you can do that. You can do whatever you want. You just are signing up for 
gaining weight and it taking 10 weeks for it to come back off again and you losing those 10, not 10 weeks, 10 days. And then you taking those 10 days to to lose it, to get back to where you are right now. Now, depending on the situation, that might be worth it to you sometimes. But for a lot of us, we're kind of like, I don't know if that was really worth it. That was a lot, a lot to not be making any progress. So what I want you to think about is the idea of just having a joy eat, meaning just a small one thing that is off your plan and not having like the whole extravaganza, right? Like experiment with trying having just one cookie or having one piece of bread out of the bread basket when you're having your meal out and the rest of it being on plan. Like play around and see what happens. Now, of course, there's all this work that can be done on your thinking about the five pounds on the scale and why that's a problem and all of that, right? Like, so it doesn't have to be like, oh, I got to figure out a way so that I don't gain any weight. And then I can feel good because the scale didn't move. Like, no, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking more about just figuring out a way to be able to have a little exception, a little something that's not on your usual plan and not have it result in five pounds that takes 10 days to lose. So this can be something like one scoop of ice cream or just really one small thing and really making sure you're getting the full enjoyment out of that. There's no decisions in the moment. Like you're deciding this at least 24 hours in advance. You're eating just that. You're getting your pleasure out of it and you're moving on. Sometimes I think with an exception meal, we're like, well, it was an exception anyway. So yes, cocktails and half a bottle of wine and an appetizer. Cause why not? It's an exception. And then before we know it, it's just turned into way, 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 way too much food. So that is really the thing to look at being much more deliberate about what the exception is and why you're choosing to have it, why it's worth it to you and which parts of it are really the parts that you want to have. I know for myself, I used to overeat so much at these really fancy restaurant meals. It was like, I couldn't even fully get all the pleasure out of it. Like I thought I was, but now in hindsight, it was like I was eating when I did not want more food for sure. I mean, it tasted good, but it wasn't like as amazing as it would taste if I was actually hungry when I was eating it. So if you're doing any overeating, if you're eating past a plus four on the hunger scale, then it's it's time to stop no matter what, even though you've planned it for your exception meal. So sometimes we get into that kind of diet mentality type of thing where we're like, this is my chance. It's my exception meal. I need to eat all of it. I'm going to have the huge Oreo blizzard and tons of pizza and, you know, like the, just like all of the stuff, right? We need to have it because this is my exception. That's total scarcity mindset rather than going, you know what? I can eat whatever I want whenever I want. I'm choosing to stay on my plan most of the time. And then today I am choosing to eat this one thing that's off my plan. And I like my reasons, like this is why I'm doing it, but you can tell the difference in mindset. It's not so scarcity laden. It's not so tied up in, you know, lack basically, right? Like I'm just not going to get what I need. This is my one chance. No, like you can literally eat it anytime you want to. There's really nothing holding you back. So so that is the way to approach that. Think about just dialing it back, something smaller. Once you're at maintenance, then you can see, maybe you can expand that a little bit. Maybe you can broaden it a little bit and you can 
have a little bit more at a meal and still be able to maintain, or maybe the scale goes up a pound or two. And then within a couple of days, it's back down again. But, you know, ultimately you are working on maintaining, which is just a different mindset, different situation. So, so that's all that is preparing for exceptions to avoid the huge stall is just to plan in advance and make sure you know why you're having it. Like I, these days, I don't eat any bread. And you, you guys, I was like a serious bread addict. I loved bread. I don't eat any bread unless it's like really amazing. Like it's not worth it to me to eat any bread if it's not like warm and like fresh. And, you know, every now and then there's a scenario where it comes out and it's just like, yeah, like their bread is amazing. I'm definitely going to want that. But most of the time, it's like just not even that good. And you can just look forward to eating other stuff, right? So that's where I think like having it really dialed in, even if it is going to be an exception, like it needs to be like, then this thing I'm going to have is like absolutely amazing. And this thing I'm going to have is absolutely amazing. And this thing I'm going to have is absolutely amazing. Like not just like, well, while I'm at it, I'll just eat all the things. There's a big difference there for you. All right. I'm going to do the next podcast as a Q&A as well, because these are so fun. And I love <laughs> answering your questions. So more questions and answers next week. Don't miss it. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Did you know that you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to katrinaubellmd.com and click on free resources.